Welcome to Season 3 of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, where we offer a modern approach to recovery, breaking with tradition by introducing new technologies that help disrupt the cycle of addiction. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com and click on the video, or contact us at info at safehouserehab.com and we'll tell you about our $1,000 airfare allowance and referral rewards program. My name is Bruno J, and here's why I created this podcast. Our research has shown that despite the opioid epidemic and the worldwide panic over the ravages of addiction, we didn't see that treatment centers were doing anything different to break the cycle more effectively and improve the odds of long-term success. So we have set out to do things differently and to let all those who love an addict or alcoholic know more about the advances in treatment that we represent. Here's what we're doing differently. We have designed our diagnostics and detox to isolate and treat opioid and multi-addiction, example, alcohol plus opioids plus speed, more effectively given that these are the new challenges of addiction in the 21st century. We integrate leading-edge technology into the recovering process, thereby disrupting the disorder, speeding the recovery of brain health, Clients come to treatment with damaged brains. This is a given. We pay attention to the importance of dopamine and other ingredients vital to brain health recovery. Traditional rehabs don't provide anywhere near the tools and close guidance that clients truly need to help keep them clean and sober for life. We do it right. First, we advise our clients to go into our sober living facility to serve as a transition to normal life and we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to providing a structure for long-term recovery. So if you love an addict or alcoholic and you feel like your loved one is sucking the oxygen out of your life, is stealing your money, stealing your peace of mind and your sanity, this podcast is for you. If you're feeling rage and shame and, and he or she is living rent-free in your head 24-7, this podcast is for you. I hope to have you gain a better understanding of the nature of addictive disorder and the invisible effect it has on your psyche. It's my fervent hope you also gain a little more compassion for your loved one and for yourself in spite of this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease. To paraphrase an author in this space, we struggle because we love. Hi, Bruno J. And this is episode 10 of season 3. We'll call this episode What It Takes to Make It and What It Takes to Fail. So we have uh, a starting point that says, look, if you really want to make it, you have to do certain things. You have to absolutely devote yourself to um, your recovery. And you have to pay attention to the seven major things that it takes to to make it. This is directed to families um, and addicts who are new to recovery, who are in treatment, uh, in sober living, have just come home, and this is for uh, not only the families but something that the addicts themselves need to pay attention to on their road to recovery. And I've mentioned this before but I'm going to go into a little bit more detail today. Number one, a return to a more normalized schedule that results in a healthy, predictable rhythm for the day and for the night. It helps if you, and this is you, um, the recovering person, have a written schedule of activity 
for the 24-hour period, even if you just say play 2 to 4 p.m. as an example. Making and sticking to a schedule and modifying it as you go is a great way to develop discipline for living a sober life. We say that there is liberation and discipline and victory and surrender. Number two, exercise and fitness. Chances are your physical body has been overstressed by not eating right and by lack of exercise. Getting into a fitness routine is not just a nice suggestion. It is vital that you get on the, on the fitness path, if only slowly at first. You will start to build your stamina for life as it is meant to be lived today. It takes energy to live a good life. You will also begin to enjoy the endorphin kick, which will make up for the pleasure stimulation you once got from your favorite drugs. Hadn't thought of that, did you? Three, learning to eat right is part of your self-care program. This may sound boring, but the fact that you have likely not been paying attention to the things that matter in your life, including your physical health and how you eat, is not a condemnation. It's just the disease playing its destructive role in disrupting everything that is normal, including how you nourish your body and your mind too. There's plenty written about good nutrition today. The Harvard Medical School is a good place to start if you want the very best advice for free. Four. Getting a sponsor will help you work your 12-step programs without question, one of the main pillars of recovery, at least in our book. We're fully aware that the 12 steps are not the only way to recovery, and God bless the other ways if they help save a life from needless suffering and even death. Yes, we say that word because we've seen it happen when someone relapses, and we are not there in time to help. Can we be any more serious about the need for a sponsor? 5. Returning to or starting to do the things that make us grow, give us joy, and have us become a productive member of society. This includes things like reigniting a passion, like art or music, going back to trade school or starting college anew, and becoming involved in giving back to our fellow travelers on the highway of recovery. This latter part will keep you involved in the activity that keeps you sober. It is part of why we attend AA meetings, and here's our purpose to stay sober, and to help another alcoholic achieve sobriety. Six, fully embrace that addictive disorder is just that. It's a disease that had you in its merciless grip and helps explain much of what you did that brought you shame and and may still. But please understand this. There's absolutely no shame in having this disorder, none whatsoever. You are taking a courageous step in arresting this disease in its tracks, and you will reverse some but not all of the damage that it has caused you and others. Recovery is about growing up and holding ourselves accountable without condemning ourselves. Imagine that. Seven, having an objective view of ourselves when we finally make our amends is a a key test of how well we're doing. So this is what I did. This is what you say. This is what I did, and I'm here to say I am sorry, and I'm also here to pay you the money back, is all we owe. doesn't matter if we're forgiven. That would be nice, but that's not why we're there. We're there to clear our own consciences so that we are no longer carrying shame and guilt. At some point, that has to end anyway. So those are seven major things that signal normalcy for for the recovering addict. Normalcy defined as regularly doing the things that keep us clean and sober, for we're reminded that this is a program of action. Now what about the, the signs of potential failure? Okay, what about the things that signal a potential relapse in the making? And there are some key signs that the addict typically doesn't notice or will not acknowledge. Essentially, the things that signal a coming relapse 
are not doing the things that keep us clean and sober, as I mentioned uh, earlier. But there's more. So one, one sign. Probably the most important sign of a coming relapse is denial, which stands for don't even notice I am lying. So even if I were one to call the, addict on, call the addict on his slippery behavior, he will minimize, evade, lie, blame a family member, or bad luck or anyone but himself if he is on his way to a relapse. If he isn't, then you can talk to him straight up and he will make the amends and make the behavior, change his behavior. Two, not getting a sponsor or not talking to him or her is an almost sure sign that the addict's program is adrift. That inaction goes hand in hand with not having a regular schedule of meetings. An addict without a sponsor is like a ship without a compass. He doesn't know in what direction he should sail a ship, and he has no idea what to do in a stormy sea. Knowing which way true north lies is critical, and that will keep him running straight and avoid wrecking his hard-won sobriety on the rocks. 3. Not acknowledging and understanding that the consequences of one's actions, good or bad, is a sure sign that the addict has something else on his mind. The sad problem is that by the time a parent or any loved one calls the addict on his action or inaction, it may be a little late in the game. It's a truism that the addict has begun relapsing in his head quite a while before he takes that drink or picks up that drug again. This is where the game of denial you know, starts to play itself out. And these are all realities that we have to face. So it's best at this stage, number four, if you will, to have a talk with his therapist, counselor, sponsor, or anyone else the addict might uh, be close to in the recovering context if you have trouble confronting him directly. But avoid speaking to non-recovering so-called friends who are just as likely to lie as to tell the truth. We get caught up in trying to help the addict any way we can that makes sense to us, and it's therefore natural to try to figure this out without having an objective perspective on the disorder and how it works. So we may end up talking to uninformed but well-meaning people who may give us terrible advice. Number five, another danger sign is spending way too much time on regrets of what the addict did in the past, the woulda, shoulda, done this or that. This is a more dangerous thing than it appears, since it contains elements of the truth, and therefore it sounds like a perfectly logical thing to feel and say. The problem here is twofold. One, the gloomy mindset, the gloomy outlook, might give rise to the desire to make oneself feel a whole lot better by taking a stiff drink of the finest vodka, or by taking a good snort of cocaine, and believe me, I know where to get some, no problem, right? The second problem is that by focusing on the past, not letting it stay there with the occasional glimpse in the rearview mirror as a learning tool on what not to do, it steals the most important thing in the world. We allow it to steal the present, which is the only thing that we have. We teach that the past and the future do not exist in reality, and that the present moment is where we live. That concept is what gives the idea of one day at a time such immense power. So what have we learned today on the topic of what it takes to make it and what it takes to fail? So what it takes to make it is recovery is all about self-care. Two, having a fitness routine and eating right are foundational. Three, getting a sponsor is without a doubt the most important choice you'll make in early recovery. Four, becoming again a a productive citizen and having a new purpose of carrying the message of recovery is absolutely essential. Five, embracing the idea that the past is good primarily as a lesson of what not to do and not as a way to beat oneself up really helps avoid the urge to use or drink and ease, ease the pain. And then the negatives that we spent a little bit of time on 
the negatives to watch for as a sign of relapse or not doing the things above. And specifically, um, in summary, there are four. One, denial rearing its head. Lying, minimizing, blaming are all part of the relapsing pattern. Two, avoiding a discussion of or ignoring the consequences of unhealthy behavior is a sure sign of an existing or a coming relapse. Three, family members taken in by twisted logic uh, needs to talk to qualified parties about what may be happening with their addict loved one. They can advise on how to have a healthy confrontation if that's what's required. Or four, spend and four, spending way too much time staring at the videotape is a setup for a depressing vision of the future and may become an excuse to use or drink. Thank you for tuning in today. It's my fervent hope we've given you new insight and new hope that will lighten your burden. For our hearts go out to all who suffer the effects of addictive disorder. Please give us your feedback at info at safehouserehab.com. By all means, ask us any question you like, and we'll answer on air if you will. And if you want to leave us your first name and city, we'll recognize you too, of course. This podcast is sponsored by safehouserehab.com, where we take a modern approach to recovery, something all families of those who suffer deserve. Tune in next week for more.